a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, one of the statements that statesmen that the Senate will be losing on January 3rd as the transition of power continues is retiring. Senator Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania. Uh, He's had a few messages in the last few days, uh, some for his successor, John Fetterman, uh, regarding the filibuster. But we also wanted to look at uh, some of the important things that uh, Senator Toomey did in his time in the Senate, what he brought, his approach. And we go to one of our inside sources, James Walner, a resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute and always helps us on all things Senate, but also has a unique perspective as a, a former staff member for Senator Pat Toomey. And James, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, so give us a little backstory in terms of uh, Senator Toomey. Uh, some people know his personal story, uh, but he has been one who's always been a very thoughtful player uh, in the United States Senate. Well, you're correct. I had the great honor, the great pleasure of knowing Pat Toomey, of working for Pat Toomey. I left uh, another senator's office and did a lateral move to a brand new senator uh, to set up, help set up his office and help him hit the ground running. And it was the, the one of the greatest uh, decisions I made in my career. He was just such an extraordinary individual. And I learned so much from him. He is quite possibly the foremost legislative talent at the member level that I had seen in the United States Senate uh, over the course of my career and incidentally studying the Senate over the course of my academic career. Mm. Let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, what are some of those key things? If, if you were going to transplant some of Pat Toomey uh, into some of the new folks uh, coming into the Senate, or even some of the sol- old folks who are staying in the Senate, uh, what are some of those things you would take from a Senator Toomey and say, if you could just do this, it'd be a game changer for you? Right. And what makes what what makes Senator Toomey so unique is that he is really he has it all right. If he's a triple threat, he's got every single aspect of what it takes to be a great senator. He understands the outside game very, very well. A lot of senators do. But he couples that with a deep appreciation of the inside game and how to succeed in the inside. And he has the ability to communicate across differences in a way that a lot of senators uh, can't necessarily do. And so. And he's got an incredible intellect. And so I think what really makes him um, extraordinary, what sets him apart from others, is his ability to combine all of those things in the same package. And that's something that has been a rarity um, in in Senate history. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed uh, immediately in observing Senator Toomey in action uh, was just as you described it, James, his ability 
to communicate across the differences, that he was one of those who always respected the dignity uh, of not only opponents, but those uh, who were on the same side of the aisle, but maybe had a differing opinion opinion in terms of what policy should be implemented. Uh, and I just think that's such, uh, sadly become such a rarity. Uh, but Pat Toomey, you always knew he was going to do his homework uh, and he was going to dig deep on all of that. He was going to go from principle to what's the best policy to do that. And then he was going to stay curious. Uh, he, I often saw him in uh, those meetings asking some of the most penetrating and thoughtful questions uh, of both of those he agreed with and those that he disagreed with. Uh, and those skills, I think, sadly, are really are becoming the lost art in the Senate. Right. And it, it, as a staffer, he when you want him to do something and he's asking you those questions, it's always the worst because he's poking <laughs> and he's prodding. And he's trying to figure out what's going to happen. And, and in many respects, he eliminates things that you didn't necessarily anticipate. But mm. just to look at his first couple of months in the United States Senate, he negotiated a balanced budget amendment that was um, on one side led by Mike Lee and, and John Kyle and on the other by Warren Hatch and John Cornyn. He brought the two different mm-hmm. sides of the, of the Republican conference together. He had proposed a budget resolution that got more votes than any other budget resolution in the United States Senate that year. Uh, he negotiated, the, uh, he proposed the Full Faith and Credit Act to give a Republicans uh, leverage in debt ceiling negotiations. He was added to the Finance Committee despite being a firebrand former Club for Growth chairman. He was, uh, he was a member of the Super Committee um, mm. that came out of the big debt limit fight, and right. he was also made the steering chair, the chairman of the, of the Senate Steering Committee. He was between Jim DeMint and Mike Lee. Those things don't all necessarily go together. You're not added to the Finance Committee um, in your first kind of term while also being the steering chair and a former Club for Growth chairman. That's not something that usually happens. And it, Pat Tooney had the ability, like we've been discussing, to kind of take all of the things that he that he did to do them sincerely, to do them energetically, to do them better than anybody else, and to gain the respect of friend and foe alike in the process. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, such an important thing. I thought it was very interesting over the weekend. Uh, he appeared on uh, CNN's State of the Union with Jake Tapper. And I thought it was interesting in uh, the conversation there, obviously, as he comes down the home stretch, just a few weeks left of his time in office. Uh, but that one of the things that he would focus on for his advice for uh, those that would follow, including Senator-elect John Fetterman uh, taking that seat for the state of Pennsylvania, uh, had to do with whatever you do, don't destroy the filibuster. Uh, explain why he's so passionate about that, that it would be sort of uh, a part of his uh, last lecture <laughs> to members of the Senate. 
This is really remarkable. He's got so many policy outcomes, so many policy achievements, so many things that he's done, elections that he's won that he probably shouldn't have, but he was able to, through his skill, to do it. But yet he's focused here on institutional recommendations, which I think really, again, underscores the the uniqueness of, of Senator Toomey and the value that he brought. He really, he thinks from a policy angle, but he also has the ability to set aside those policy questions and to think institutionally. And during my time working with him, he had very probing, very penetrating questions. He wanted to know everything he could about the institution, not to get a preconceived outcome, but to better understand it, to better understand that terrain. And I think those conversations and his time in the Senate have convinced him that senators need all the leverage they can get to represent their constituents and to try to achieve their policy goals. And that he has a deep appreciation of the fact that the outcome of those conversations. It is the outcome of that debate that yields compromise. And when you begin to take away that leverage for senators, regardless of whether they're Democrat or Republican, conservative or liberal, it doesn't matter. When you take away that leverage of individual senators to participate in that debate, it gets to be harder and harder and harder to get compromised and to get good, sound policy. And that is, a, I think, a very unique view, unfortunately, in the United States Senate today. Yeah, and I think it's so important because often when we hear about the filibuster, it's people complaining that it is the reason for the you know the deep divide, divide and all the negative rhetoric and, and so on uh, in Washington. But I loved how Senator Toomey framed it as, you know, this is not just protecting the, the rights of of each state, which it, it does in terms of that representation, but also the rights of each individual senator uh, and those that they represent. Uh, and I think that's an important part of this whole equation uh, of making sure that the Senate doesn't become just a majority rule with lots of big swings from election cycle to election cycle. Right. And, and during his farewell address last week, uh, he made a very perceptive Observe, uh, comment. And he said that elections are necessary, but they're not sufficient. You can't make policy in elections. Elections mm-hmm. aren't the only way. What happens in between elections matter. After all, democratic self-government is an activity in which our elected representatives participate on our behalf. That is a very unique view. It used to not be so unique, but today, unfortunately, it is. And I think it really speaks to that the kind of the activity in which uh, Pat Toomey saw himself participating inside the Senate. And that led him to look at the rules differently, to look at the different tools that senators had differently, and to respect those tools, even when people with whom he disagreed used them, and to try to figure out how to be better at the game than they were so that he could better represent both his constituents and what he ultimately believed to be right. And after all, that is all we can expect from our senators. And if the Senate would adopt that perspective, I think it would go from being a dysfunctional body to the world's greatest deliberative body overnight. Mm, So important. And that is what we need the United States Senate to be, is that great deliberative body. And I also love the fact that in this final interview with uh, Jake Tapper, uh, as uh, Jake Tapper sort of uh, teed him up to to make some comments about former President Donald Trump, uh, that uh, in classic... Pat Toomey fashion, uh, he just focused on the fact that he wasn't too worried about that influence uh, and he had great hope for the future. Again, a a classic uh, Pat Toomey response to that as well. James Walner, a former staffer for Pat Toomey, helped set up his office when he first came to the Senate. And, of course, uh, he is our sage of the Senate, so we always appreciate that. James, thanks so much for jumping on quick with us on a Monday. Well, thanks for having me. 
All right, that's uh, James Walder from the R Street Institute talking about an important senator that may have flown under your radar, Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania. A lot of great wisdom. Uh, he was one who respected the dignity of his opponents and those that he actually agreed with and had a different way of looking at principles, policy, and outcomes, which is what we need to have the Senate as the world's great deliberative body. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 